unbullshitified group on a Monday morning. Good morning. I feel like mine was a lot more motivated than yours. <laughs> it's a cold, rainy day. <laughs> it's a cold, rainy. All right, <laughs> let's see. I think they can hear us. All right, good. I think they can hear us. I think they can. They can feel the Monday morning vibe. <laughs> um, what's a, a quick observation on the weather? I'm not the only one, and I can't be the only one. The weather dictates so much for me as far as mood. I used to fight it. I used to think that, oh, you know, I, I thought I was always smarter in the sense that uh, I was outrunning the moodiness mm -hmm. that the, the impact the weather has. So I've really spent 20 years chasing summer in the sense of, oh, let me book this. I would say yes to events that would, you know, I'm really fortunate that so many places want me to speak. So I would say yes to the ones that, um, uh, that were in the warm weather. I knew they would bring me to warm because I'm happy. Listen, we all win when I feel great. Yeah. And so true. in the sense of you want me to give a killer performance, make it near the sun. That's why so many of those were in Vegas. And I, I, mm -hmm. I came to grow and to, to love Vegas for, for that reason, because while most people may find it unappealing mm -hmm. um or the things that they would find appealing about vegas isn't what i find appealing about vegas i don't really drink that much mm -hmm. um i don't like vegas drink and <laughs> and i don't gamble um so um so with the things that most people love about vegas for me it was just that it was it's the things that most people would hate it's hot out <laughs> And even the breeze feels like the world's biggest hair dryer is blowing on you. <laughs> so it's only just hot, more yeah. hot breeze. Mm -hmm. And so most people would find that appalling. Yeah. And I am in all my glory walking down <laughs> the Vegas Strip, just enjoying the hot. Uh, Give me the hot. <laughs> um, so on, on cold, rainy New York mornings like this, um, it's uh i remember that the dry vegas heat you say it's a dry heat well an oven is, is also heat. a dry heat <laughs> but i happen to enjoy it uh so so yeah it's a uh, and it's it's interesting how um it's interesting how the the idea of it getting colder I, it doesn't bother me as much we're going to talk about letting go mm -hmm. um today we're we're making so there's still construction, but have anyone ever met construction workers? They're doing their work and their asses off. They're doing well, mm -hmm. but not the most reliable about when they'll be done mm -hmm. and how much work needs to be done. So it should have been done. It would have been done. It could have been done. And whatever <laughs> it is, it's not done. So there's still construction, and I don't want to keep waiting. Uh, so we're doing the show today on letting go, mm -hmm. and so. Um, this week was going to be the porn show, <laughs> but I think I, we really take that seriously. I don't yeah. want, I don't want any inappropriate banging during the porn show. <laughs> wah, wah. I'll let oh that God. one sit for a second. And so, um, yeah, so the construction is still going. So if you hear something and it's distracting, sorry, it's a uh, construction still happening, but I was talking about letting go and I used to have. And I think I've even described it as like a PTSD to cold weather, mm -hmm. yeah. military stuff. And so um, I've been un, I've been letting that go. 
uh, in a lot of ways. But I did notice something that is absolutely true that I noticed in, in many ways that um, that the weather does affect in that way. Um, that that I am, and I could tell it by my own biorhythms in the sense that, uh, you know, my I'm awake when the sun's out. Like mm-hmm. I am awake when the sun's out. The second that thing leaves, and it could be winter, New York in winter. Sometimes it's four thirty or five yeah. o'clock. Um, there's a drastic. I'm like the original solar powered things that holds no charge. <laughs> I'm like the old school solar panels. Where it's like the second the sun leaves, yeah. like oh, and I'm spent. <laughs> but um, but I did notice that about myself. So it's something I do have to pay attention mm-hmm. to. That my mood does shift. My energy shifts. Um, not just the the colder weather. I'm 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 learning to to navigate that better than I have. But it, when the sun's not out, when it is a rainy, nasty day, um, and on top of that, it's it's cold out. Yeah, I have to definitely pay attention to my thoughts and pay attention to my moods and my energy because I could easily, um, I could be easily be asked, "Hey, what's wrong?" Yeah. When nothing's wrong, I just, I just go into like energy saver mode, <laughs> like like a little turtle. Like I'm gonna go in here for a while. <laughs> Tell me no when the sun's out. You pop your head up, sun out. Nope. All <laughs> right. See you all later. So I got to pay attention to that as far as that goes. But um, aside from that. Moving and shaking. And I wanted to talk about letting go because um, so many messages. I had posted something, um, was it uh, earlier in the week, where uh, it's sometimes you cry about things you thought were over. That's normal. Healing doesn't follow a checklist. It's a process. You're not a robot. Trauma embeds itself into the genetic fiber of our being. So allow for little pockets of grief, even from things you're healed from. So something that was an insightful thing um, I wrote a while ago, and I didn't realize how many people it would hit so hard. And I got so many DMs. So thank you to all of you who who um, sent a DM about it because your DMs uh, trumped the porn show that was going to happen today. <laughs> Not that we were going to have a porn show today. We are going to have a show... Talking about porn today and, porn and addiction. Show. No, we were not. Do not we were misquote. Not going to have a porn show. Do not misquote me. We were not going to have a porn show. We were going to have a show talking about porn and um, and its impact psychologically and and what an impact. And I will, without of course being specific uh, to any particular people. I will talk about my experiences over the past 20 years of dealing with couples and individuals who who do come to me for certain advice, and, and it does end up being something so simple. Porn's that thing where you don't realize the impact it has on you, because it's like that, um, it, it becomes like anything else, cyclical and ha- habitual. That's the good news and the bad news, right, with everything with us, with humans. But porn's one of those things you don't realize where it impacts the the rest of you. Like if you imagine a machine and this machine does great things, amazing things. And there's like a small component to this machine that when it doesn't work, the larger components don't work right either. And you don't realize, and you're looking and checking, why isn't this huge, really important component not working? Why isn't this working? And you're looking around and you're not sure why. Well, because this little thing that you barely ever pay attention to, 
is what's causing the huge problem. Porn's like that in the sense that you might have some major issues in your life, major communication issues, major uh, cognitive dissonance issues. You're not sure why you're not be able to, you know, X, Y, Z. And it could be something so simple. You're not paying attention. You're just used to, you know, quick porn here and there. Um, And then you realize how cyclical it is, how habitual it is almost to the hour on the hour. And, um, and what an impact it can have on, on, so many different aspects of your life. And, uh, and so we'll be talking about that, not while there's construction here. Um, but hopefully next Monday will be the, the porn, the, not the porn show, the show about porn. Um, but today's about letting go. And because that one hit so hard, I wanted to reiterate the idea of what letting go is. You know, what we talk about letting go is really, you're not letting go of an event. You're not trying to change the event. Well, how can I let go? It happened. They did this to me. I did this to them. This happened. What you can't, uh, you know, and so a lot of times we, we get confused with what letting go is. What are you letting go of? Now we think that we're letting go of an event. We're letting go of a situation. We're letting go of something that already happened, something we don't have control over. We can't change it, Steve. We don't have a time machine. Right. Which is why it makes letting go so complex when we don't understand what letting go actually is. You're not hurt because of what happened. I know this is so difficult to, to, to piece. You're not hurt because of what happened. You're hurt because of the label you placed on what happened. It is how you defined what happened. The event is actually, what we consider the event, is actually the label you place on the event. The story you tell yourself about the event. How the story you tell yourself shatters an unhealthy attachment you had to a different story. In other words, a lot of times I'll, I can simplify it. Sometimes I would, I would, I'm still hold the door open for people, guy. And I know sometimes people get mad at me for it, but I'm, I'm, I do what my my parents taught, right? So mm-hmm. I'm courteous, right? And so I'm hold the door open, guys. For a long time, I, some people say thanks, thanks, thanks. You know, sometimes you go into one door and then there's another door, so I'll hold mm-hmm. that, and then they go, "Oh, it's my turn now," and it's like a nice morning exchange, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people would just walk by as if I'm supposed to hold it for them or not be grateful at all. And, you know, gratitude's a thing for me. People who are ungrateful are probably, when I talk about there's nothing more rare nor more beautiful than someone being unapologetically themselves. For me, there's nothing, almost nothing more ugly than ingratitude. Wow. It tells me so much about you because how you do anything is how you do everything. So ingratitude to me is if for the for the rare times I use the word ugly and in the rare situations in which I would say the word ugly, it would have to do with a lack of appreciation and gratitude. That to me is a is a reflection of of internal ugliness. And so I would hold that uh, the door and I would it'd be like, why don't people say thank you? And it, I would, it would like annoy me. And I realize it's not. You know, following my own advice. It's not that letting go for that would be not not that they don't say thank you. That's not what hurts me. What hurts me is that I think they should say thank you and they don't say thank you. I have an unhealthy attachment 
to the idea that they should say thank you. And then when they don't, it shatters that unhealthy attachment. And I'm hurt that they didn't follow the behavior I was attached to them having. Hmm. I create a fairy tale and it doesn't happen. And I get hurt by something that no one said. They're under no. And then at that point, I was able to be like, wait, why? Why am I opening the door for them? Because it's nice. I want to be nice. And if and if maybe people are going through stuff, maybe it's so simple that it's helpful. Maybe they're carrying something. It's helpful. Maybe they're having such a shitty day, week, month, year that someone holding the door open for them is the nicest thing that happens to them. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know why. But I want to do it because I want to do it because it's nice. And then I would have to tell myself, well, then just do it then. Without an attachment to how they're going to respond to it, just be nice. And so that was super helpful and liberating to me. And now that's easy in that sense, but it's actually the same mechanism that would that helps with every single thing. Letting go isn't that it hurts; it's that we think they shouldn't have done it or it shouldn't have happened. That hurts. Letting go isn't about forgetting it or pretending it didn't happen. It's diving in and rolling around in it. I liken it. Uh, remember our old. Uh, talk stuff and maybe this is like the original book but like um having a funeral for past relationships Mm -hmm. yeah you know and that that would come about of, of a technique for letting go and it sounds it sounds huge um but really it's it's a great mechanism for letting go. Now, I liken it to a funeral because most of us have been to a funeral. And what happens at funerals? It's 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 about you have like an hour, so a person's entire life, uh, and you have like about an hour or so where people just say nice things and 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 you, the the edges kind of get get smoothed out and. You, you you say some nice things and you, you, you keep the good from this person's life, right? Mm-hmm. You keep the good from their life and you let the bad be buried with them. And I, I've been to enough funerals where I think, and even with my own mom's funeral, it was the same thing. It, it, it was the, it was the same thing that, that we're able to, Remember everything good and, and any edge that I had and anything that was annoying or any way that, that we would find, um, a way to be annoyed. Uh, and some of the, the not so, uh, fantastic, uh, aspects, we allow that to be buried. Mm, right. And you keep the good, you keep the wisdom, you keep the funny because there's so much of it. And you take some other things, you know, you take some other stuff. You see, using my mom as an example, you see how I'll turn some of that into um, wisdom. Yeah. That at the time wasn't wisdom, I promise you. <laughs> but you you find a way to not change the event because you have no way to change the event. But you find a way to smooth the edges. And when you're done smoothing the edges... You can find some wisdom. You could find something good to take out of those situations. And you will find that you had let go of the old story. Because you're not holding on to an event. We're powerless there. You're holding on to the label we place on that event. 
So when you look at things, and remember last week we were talking about the egocentric paradigm in, in, in consciousness, right? How 100% of your life, it happens in your head. Well, if 100% of your life happens in your head, that means the label you're placing, or what I call your agreement with reality, really does define your life. Which means the event isn't what it is. It's, it's like Shakespeare said, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. In other words, I'm sitting on a chair. For The chair is just a chair. For someone who's been standing all night, let's say they've been standing all night, I show them this chair. They'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Someone who's been sitting all night, I show them this chair. They're like, get that thing away from me. My butt's killing me already. The chair is neither good or bad, but two different perspectives, two different stories can look at the same thing, have completely opposite labels to place on it, and both be correct. I love that. That's powerful. That gives me infinite power. Instead of the way we tend to look at letting go and looking at events where I have no power, recognizing that I am the one, nothing comes labeled, that I am the one who labels it. That gives me infinite power over my life. Again, a thing that is simple, but just not easy. But at least I have hope. At least I have the opportunity to look at an event and say, and I do notice that as I get longevity, if I get time through the event, I do realize that things that were crushing to me, that at the time I could say, oh, how could I possibly look at anything positive from this event? As time does me the favor of putting it into perspective, sometimes you're too close, it's too huge. But as you move away, the time lets you see the entirety of the event and you say, oh my God. The most painful thing to me at that time was actually the exact and only thing I needed to be in this healthy spot I'm in now. Let me be grateful. Let me be grateful that I was redirected instead of rejected. And again, that's all perspective. So letting go isn't about pretending it didn't happen or just shrugging it off and pretending you're not hurt. Pretending you're not hurt isn't healing. It's just pretending you're not hurt. That's why anytime anyone mentions it, you freak out. Look at some of the posts. Now it's just our little intimate group here, right? Do you guys see that sometimes I'm just gauging um I'm 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 just gauging audience perspectives? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you notice, some people will talk about healing, talk about healing, healing, but you mentioned one specific thing and they freak out and you can tell by that it's a visceral response it's a visceral response because it's long-winded and there's spelling errors and there's grammar errors where this person commenting would normally be grammatically correct and precise with their language boom visceral response that means they're pretending to be healed from something they're not healed from put out a meme last time where it was the the girl in the woods or something oh, with binoculars yeah. <laughs> and it said um uh, something like when when you say i'm totally over him <laughs> the response to that was tremendous and you would see the response between healed and unhealed yeah you see the response because <laughs> people who laugh at themselves and mm -hmm. say, you know, that's, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not in that. I was totally in that for a while. And everyone understands it. And then you'd see other ones are like, 
you don't judge or sometimes I just want to see because I want to. All right. Okay. <laughs> you're pretending not to be healed. You're, you're pretending to be not to be hurt, but mm -hmm. that's not healed. If that one, if that funny thing hits you hard emotionally, you have to go roll around in that so you can free yourself from that prison. And you're not in a prison of an event or even a person. You're in a prison of your own perspective and your own labels that you place on things. So what in your life, just our little group here, what in your life are, are, can you change the label of? People ask me all the time about things in my past or people even, and I, I can't tell you how disinterested I am simply because when you do roll through that and say, oh, well, let me adjust here. Let me take back my power. If you if you haven't noticed, I'm a very let's take back our power kind mm -hmm. of guy, because and I know that's not usually the 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 flow of things when you go into um when you go into ironically called the the personal empowerment section of a bookstore or the self help section of a bookstore. Ironically, it's very rarely about personal empowerment or self help. It's about putting it up out there and putting it out there and letting the universe heal you and letting and buy this product and that product and it's all the help is coming from outside of yourself right. uh, and so i'm not, i'm not that that i i'm a very let's focus and if this universe is doing it it's doing it whether i believe it or not if that's if that's if if the universe is watching and, and cheering me on it's doing it whether i believe it or not but what I have to pay attention to, the universe didn't make me eat pizza, cupcakes, and I, like I have to undo that. I have to take that power back. I have to make a healthier connection and a relationship with being healthy. The universe doesn't make me take back the same shitty person six times. I'm doing that. I have to pay attention to that. If the universe had my back, they would have made them f float somewhere else <laughs> or make me float somewhere else. But they keep calling. They keep texting. They keep taking, 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 taking. I have to I have to pay attention to that. And so so I I'm a very let's take our power back. When people say how do you get this much done? How do you do this? I take my power back. And so we need to focus on that. We need to focus on where am I? responsible for my own healing where can i let go how can i let go if i don't have a time machine i didn't ask them to cheat i didn't do anything to make them cheat i didn't xyz i didn't go here i didn't wish so and so died i didn't do any of that. how can i let something go that i don't have control over that's a great question and that's the question that stumps most of humanity, which why therapists and self-help sections will always exist. But the un unpopular truth is that we don't control anything that happens. None. Zero. Whether it's raining or not, you don't control it. Whether a person dies or not, you don't control it. How good food tastes that is bad for you. How good people smell who are bad for you. You know, these are the visceral things. You don't control that. Wanting and have you ever sat to yourself and said, how can I love this person? They're so horrible to me. Go ahead. You control it. You don't. You don't. It would be amazing if we did. 
There's so much we don't control. I, I, it's so, so little that we do control that I'd rather focus in on that. And so one of the things we control, and it's difficult to, but we do actually control, is our perspective and the story we're telling ourselves about an event or about a person. And we have to apply that stuff, apply those gauges and rationality to this, or else we're just going to keep accumulating things that we should be letting go of. We become emotional hoarders of events, and very rarely hoarders of good events. We become hoarders of emotionally scarring events to which we feel we can't let go, which we're the ones holding on to. We grab it, we put it in our pockets. Oh, I can't, I can't let go. You, you put it in your pocket. Because we don't understand and we haven't give, been given the power. And no one tells us enough. And again, you all know my conspiracy theories. It doesn't benefit all the industries I mentioned. It doesn't benefit them to tell you the truth. They want you to keep going outside because guess where they're located? Outside of yourself. So if they tell you the truth that the power is in you mm -hmm. and then explain to you why the power is in you, because what they do is they do some mind trickery, some mind, as I like to call, mind fuckery. <laughs> Where they'll say, the power is within you. It's been within you all along. And when you just pray, you meditate, and you put the universe, your vision board, the universe responds. So they tell you the power is within you. And they tell you to do something that then the power from outside, they trick you. And I always tell you that they make you strong enough to order their products, but weak enough to continue to think you need them. Mm -hmm. The power lies in your ability to label things. That's where it is. That's the only place it is. How do we know this? Because we have endless evidence of it. And go into a senior citizen center. Go into a mental health hospital where their egocentric paradigm has been destroyed. Remember I told you, Steve is a story I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. Stephanie is a story you're telling yourself. For some reason, I wake up Steve every day. You wake up Stephanie every day. You out there, you wake up Julie. You wake up, yeah, you wake up Tom. You, that's a story we tell. They call it the persistence of self. They're not sure why it happens, but it's a story we tell ourselves. And everything we experience goes and is added to the Steve story, the Tom story, the Susie story, the Sarah story, the Stephanie story. These are all added. Unless there's some brain degradation, you start forgetting or missing pieces of that story. And we see this time and time again. We've all, some of us have painfully experienced it. Some of it have read about it and seen it. We all know a story of someone who has received some sort of brain trauma, damage, or disease. Some sort of dementia, Alzheimer's, or head injury in which they forget the people who are closest to them. You know what else they don't have? Stress. Hmm. Why aren't they ever worried? Because the label maker broke. Yeah. They have nothing to worry about. Someone's like, hey, I'm catching my train in an hour. 
go to them next week and they've been catching a train an hour for the last three years. Yeah. Well, not stress. Oh, I'm catching a train an hour. Family comes by. Family's <laughs> known you forever. They're like, hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm catching my train an hour. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Because that story, the label maker. So we've seen, we have millions of examples where the labeling changes everything. We've met, I did when I was when I was um, uh, researching and studying and writing about this, I, I was fascinated by addiction. Have I've been very fascinated because I think we're walking bags of chemical addictions. And some of letting go, I'll get to the addiction aspect of it. But where people were physically addicted to outside chemicals, like someone will smoke, smoking for 50 years, and they get Alzheimer's, or they get dementia, and forget that they're a smoker. <laughs> so Monday, <laughs> they've been a smoker for 50 years. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, they're kind of moody and doesn't feel right, but they forget that they're smokers. Mm -hmm. And stop smoking. What? Wow. Yeah. So there are thousands and thousands of that specific example, which is crazy <laughs> because it, it, it empowers me to say, wait a second, your agreement with reality does define your life. It really does. It defines your life. So what's my agreement with reality? And this is where, where, where this gets. This is where this gets a, a, a little deeper because you do you do have to jump into the stories you're telling yourself. You do have to be honest with yourself. You do have to recognize where in your life you are your own poison. To take power of your life, you have to take inventory of the things you believe to be true. Because a lot of the times we have this, this unhealthy attachment to stories that simply aren't true. And that's what causes us pain. They should be kinder to me. They should be appreciative of me. They should be this. But it's not true. They're not. Mm. So what causes you pain isn't that they're not. What causes you pain is that they're not and you think they should be. Right. Remember, as humans, we feel emotional pain when we argue with reality. That's also when we feel confusion. Can I get a little deep? This group gets deep, right? Yeah. Can I get a little uh, deep about yeah. how I view everything as math, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever little, whatever little glitch I have <laughs> that makes me me is that I see everything as mathematics. So when people say, why do you see it so clearly? Why can you be so cut and dry about it? Because I really do see it as mathematics. And for me, most things make sense. So if you're confused about something, you see, I wrote about this the other day, mixed signals, take mixed signals as a no. Mm -hmm. Because it's a no. I'm just helping you. The fact that you even see it as mixed signals <laughs> is, it's like, it's like, to me, I see it as like, I see this person and most of the time I see them, they punch me in the face. <laughs> But every now and then they say, hello, how do you think they feel about me? You're like, what? It's not a mixed signal, that person. That's a no. That's a no. Mm -hmm. And so 
when it's not so drastic like that, we get confused. I don't see it that way. So I see everything as mathematics in the sense that if you're confused about something, then you're not seeing the equation properly. You're not seeing it clearly. You're not seeing it for what it is. You're arguing with the equation. So let's say um, you have you have the number five, mm-hmm. right? And that's the end result, right? So you're looking at a number five, but you're confused because the person you just met says they have a one plus a one. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just so confused because they're telling me one plus one, but I'm ha- I have a five here. So I just, Steve, I don't understand. What don't you understand? <laughs> you're holding a five. They say one plus one. I don't know what they do have, but you know what it's not? One plus one. They might have a two and a three. They might have a three and a two. Uh-huh. They might have a four and a one. I don't know what they have, but I know what they don't have mm-hmm. is one plus one because you're holding five. Yeah. There's no doubt. You're holding five. So why are you asking me if it's a one plus one? It's not. You're arguing because you want it to be a one plus one. They're telling you with all of their heart that it's a one plus one. But you're holding a five. Mm-hmm. So it cannot be that. And that's the way I look at things. I know it's, it's tough for people to understand, but that's the way I look at things. So mixed signals are a no. If I have any question about it, it's a no. And that saves me so much drama and heartache. And every single time that I haven't followed that, you all have benefited from because it's ripped my fucking heart out of my chest. You've benefited from it when I didn't follow those equations because I bled all over paper that have now become countless books and quotes. (laughs) Behavior is math. And within that, for us, where it comes to letting go, is we have to get to know the equation. Why does this hurt me? Why do I feel this way? What can I take out of this? If at the very least, what can I learn about my own behavior, my own likes and dislikes, my own boundaries? How can I prevent this? Because what ends up happening when we don't do this stuff is that we we end up bleeding on people who didn't cut us. Mm-hmm. Or out of the game completely. It breaks my heart sometimes to me. I meet some awesome people. I used to meet some awesome people. Now in the past uh, seven months, I haven't met anybody. I know nobody for the past seven months. But I used to meet amazing people on a daily basis. You know, it would break my heart sometimes, men and women. I'd meet some awesome people and they're like, you know, I just... I don't date. I don't do anything anymore. Everyone's just horrible. Everyone's just like, <laughs> what? And it's like some tragic relationship story that many, many people have that happened like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it happened like when you were 30 and now you're 40. Or it happened when you were 40 and now you're 50. And it's like, wait, what? It happened when you're 50, now you're 60. And it's like, wait, you threw away that decade because that person was an asshole? Jeez. Meanwhile, they've had 10 relationships since. They have right. a new family. new, <laughs> And you're just like, oh, just it hurts so much. No, I, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. But you have to dive into that hurt and have your funeral for that event. Have your funeral for that relationship. For those of you who don't know, I have a blog that we're redoing that's, that's mm-hmm. coming. That's going to be coming alive again soon. 
Um, but in that blog, you look up funeral for past relationships. Um, and that's exactly what I talk about. Let, let's have a funeral. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Don't be embarrassed of it. Don't be devastated by it. Allow yourself to jump in and roll around in all that yucky goodness. <laughs> roll around in all those horrific feelings. Cry, throw your shit mm -hmm. on the floor. Do whatever you got to do. Go in the fetal position for a little bit. <laughs> whatever you got to do to roll around in all that. But be come out of it sorting something new. Telling a new story. Had it not been for this... I would be free to X, Y, Z. I learned this about myself. I thought it would be the end of me. And maybe I suffered a little extra for a decade. But mm -hmm. today I wake up and I'm here. Mm -hmm. Not every person is that person. Not every person is that version of me. I'll never let shit like that happen again. L give me the opportunity to take the good. What did I like? Sometimes we don't like to talk about that about those people. What did I like? Well, I did like conversation. I did like this about it. I liked mm -hmm. sense of humor. I liked wildness. I like whatever it is. You can take. Not everyone's 100% bad. If you're saying they're 100% bad, you're not even close to healed. Mm -hmm. if, if you're going 100% anyway, that they were 100% bad and you're 100% good, you're not, you, you need to do this immediately. Turn this show off and start doing it now. <laughs> But when you're able to see, oh, I, and you know what? I shouldn't have allowed this and I shouldn't be this way. And maybe I'm also this way. I, I bring this up. I have to, like, I know where I would drive someone crazy. I know where I do drive someone crazy. I do know that. I know there are certain behavioral aspects of myself that, that I, I have to give like a warning. This is an aspect that could drive, you know how I like to have those, this, this episode creates strobing effects that <laughs> yeah. could have a negative effect on some sort of I have to give that when mm -hmm. I meet people. I'm like, hey, my personality has yeah. this effect. And if you were, you know, warning, if you're this type of person, mm -hmm. I will drive you crazy. And so we, that comes with uh, healing. That comes with what can I change? What am I never changing because it's me? Mm -hmm. And, and once you understand that, you can go into that unbullshitified, un, unapologetic kind of area where say no. And, and it, and if that isn't good for someone, well, that's not good for me. Thank you. Let's learn that now instead of learning it down the road when we knew it to begin with, because it's going to be good for someone. Like sometimes you're both great people. For someone else. But you can't know that until you accept and get away from that 100% wrong and 100% right mindset. You can't do that. So for me, allow yourself to go in there and have a funeral for past relationships. Have a funeral for past events. Take what's good out of it. Take the good. Remember the good. Sometimes that hurts too, but remember the good. And get more of that in your life. It's always good to have good things and more of it in your life. Remember the bad, roll around in the bad and make sure that you understand the avenues that got you there. And if you can't, I can't understand, possibly understand their, their behavior. Fine, fine, fine. Then understand where you allowed it and where you can create roadblocks to not allow it to happen again. It's only when we do that, that we can allow for healing. And yes, like the quote from the other day, there'll still be pockets of grief. There's still songs. Mm -hmm. Don't songs make you reminisce about things that are long dead in your life? But a song will make you reminisce about something. And that's okay. 
that's all right. It's not that you didn't experience it. It's that you have a healthier relationship with it. It's kind of like in the beginning where another quote we have in here somewhere <laughs> uh, where you sometimes you can remember someone nostalgically mm-hmm. and then you kind of miss it. Yeah. And then you talk to them or see them and you're like, uh, nah, <laughs> that's healing. That's healing. And so you can, and, and that happens with me with food. I know I liken a lot of things to food, but there's so many similarities. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm like, oh, this looks great. Oh, I love this. Oh, I just have one. I just have one. And then you eat it and you're like, oh, I forgot how horrible mm-hmm. this made me feel. Like, why? 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 <laughs> Learn. Learn. Why? Because we're primates yeah. that are just figuring this out. <laughs> we're primates that are just figuring this out. Keep in mind, we're only we're only a generation removed from people who invented lights, mm-hmm. like a light bulb. <laughs> we're a generation and a half away from people just walking around with candles. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little space. Give yourself a little space. And so... When letting go is something you feel that you can benefit from, which is every single human on earth, remember what it entails. You're not letting go or changing the event. You're changing the label you place on that event. Something you do have the power over. And when you say, Steve, I look back and I can't possibly label it anything good, give yourself the opportunity. You're labeling your ability to label. Give yourself the opportunity. Maybe this version of you can do that. Maybe when you've tried it before, it was still too painful. Maybe this little wiser, little older, little more badass version of you, who, if for anything, is sick of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever think you ever have that like one drawer or one closet or one room in your house where you just just you just put up the <laughs> I'll sort that later section, drawer, closet, or room. I'll get to it later section. Then you know that it turns into like your own like Monica closet. Yep. For those of you who watch Friends, remember Monica's closet? Yep. So it turns into like a Monica closet, but sometimes it's a room. Sometimes it's a drawer. We call it a junk drawer. Yeah. And sometimes, and then you just, it's just growing in there and growing in there. And you start knowing it's there. Suddenly you start recognizing it's there, right? Sometimes the idea of sorting it all out is so you like you want to sort it all out but you're not sure where you're going to place it where you're going to label it mm-hmm. how you're going to position it in your life so you just avoid it and what happens when you avoid it it shrinks no no it grows we do that emotionally and then eventually what i'm talking about letting go and refining eventually is you go to it just because you're you're sick of it being there mm-hmm. and now i'm coming with a different attitude i'm not sorting shit I'm going there with a trash bag. There's a trash bag in a big one, like a lawn and leaf one, like a big one. And I, oof, dun, 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 gone. Dun, 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 gone. And I'm going with a different attitude, not because I don't need to do. I want this out of here. I want no thought of mine in the cluster of stuff that I'm, little things that I'm accumulating that are turning big. Remember that, that quote. It's not, it's not the mountain 
that 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 uh, is the trouble. It's mm-hmm. the pebble in your shoe. That's the problem. Well, those little pebbles in your shoe become huge and they become distracting. And you become like Monica and friends. Don't open that closet. It becomes something that's altering your behavior with the people around you. Mm-hmm. At some point, those past events, if they're stealing, if you're not out there meeting new people and enjoying yourself or you're become, you can't even see a, you ever see people who can't see a love story like, oh yeah, sure. That's the way it works. Right? <laughs> what? You're killing. It's a movie. Yeah. These are actors. And so when we, engage in this for for your own self or however many can i've told you all how i see life right (laughs) have i shared with you the really bubbly sunshiny (laughs) way i look at life people had asked me um and the first time i said this i felt this for a long time Mm -hmm. but the first time i said it publicly i was actually at an event with a psychic psychic friend of mine Mm -hmm. asked me to come speak at their event some of the nicest people I ever meet. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. So nice. I was me at the yeah. event. So nice. And and I love that whole community. And I was asked about that, like life and death. And mm-hmm. don't you want to know? And wouldn't you want to this? Because you know how I look at those things. I said, I know what I need to know. Now, can I share this with all of you? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you um i'm going to share this with you it's a little deep and it's a little dark but but i mean it with all of my heart of of why it kicks my ass into the person that you see and i and i it's part of that behaviors math thing where i know it's true what i'm about to tell you is 100% true and that's why it fires up my ass. It's why it keeps me motivated. It's why this version of me doesn't take shit. If I don't feel great talking to you, I don't talk to you. If I don't feel great doing something, I don't do it. If I don't think it's helpful, it's inspiring, and, and it's worth the pain, if if I have to suffer, if I don't like it, if it's mean, but it and it doesn't help the way I want it to help the world, I don't do it. Why don't I throw away my days? Why, if I'm, if I'm with somebody who, who, who I love, why I'm not staring at my phone? If I'm, if I'm not engaged in something that doesn't refine, improve, enhance me, the people I love around me and the world in general, I don't survive it. And I'll tell you why I feel this way and am this way at 45 years old. And I wish I was this way at 22 when those dying veterans at the at the VA were telling me this. I volunteered. I, another thing, uh, if you want to look in our blog at stevemariboli.net, um, thing about hang out with people who are dying. Mm-hmm. When I got out of the military, I volunteered at the VA. And at that time, it was a lot of dying World War II guys, um, some dying Vietnam veterans, you know, the younger ones. And so many of them were telling me about life and why are you even here, dude? Why are you here with us? You're 22. Go, go have a good time. Go take a pretty girl to a dance. You know, I would get like advice like that. And I was too young and dumb and I didn't not not dumb in the sense of of not intelligent, but dumb in the sense of not experience. I I didn't see a big picture. I couldn't have. I'd only been I was still three years away from being allowed to rent a car, Mm -hmm. but had already served my country. As a military policeman with a machine gun attached to me. Like, so it, it, you're in this weird sense, but I wish I had listened then 
you want, want to learn how to live, you hang out with people who are dying. Now, I don't think I'm dying, but I do follow a philosophy that really, really helps me cut out the bullshit, helps me get to that unbullshitified uh, sense. This is the way I look at it. And it's 100% true. And I told this audience of, of spiritual people at the psychic event who were asking me about life and death and what motivates me. I told them, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. But what I can be 100% sure of is that today I'm one day closer. Wow. That's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to die, but I do know that today I am one day closer. So how am I going to use this day? How am I going to use? I don't know how many dollars are in my pocket, but I knew, do know that I'm taking out one more. T- what? Then what am I using this for? What am I spending this day on? What am I spending this limited thing? I don't know how limited, but I know it's limited. What am I spending one on then? Once I saw that and felt that at my core and followed all of my crazy little gauges that I know it's 100% true, you cannot argue that point with me. It is true for me and it is true for every single human on earth. You want to know a rarity? A rarity is finding something that is true for every single human on earth. And that is one of them. So what are you going to do with this day? What are you going to do with it? And why are you going to let them shit on you? And why are you going to let them badmouth you? And why are you going to let that past event grow? Why are you growing into this this junk drawer, drunk room, drunk house? Why? Why are you not throwing that away? And the only way we can throw it away is to bury it, to bury the bad, take the good, take and bury the bad. Why are we throwing away another moment? For what? This is how we're using this? To not express our love, to not express our gratitude, to not express our endeavors? To throw away another day and gamble that tomorrow is a new one? Gamble that tomorrow is a new one? So you leave your books unwritten, your songs unsung? No. The old me. Definitely. This version? Uh-uh. And I hope the same is true for you. I'm not carrying shit. If it hurts me, it's because I don't see it clearly. And I don't see it in a healthy way. And I'm going to roll around in it. And I'm going to clean it out. Whether it's going to be sorting, taking the good and throwing out the bad, or just opening the trash can and throwing all that shit out, it is gone. 
I'm not carrying things. It keeps me from picking up new things. I'm not carrying things. It's keeping me from hugging things in front of me. I told you the story about the 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 travel and the luggage, right? I've told mm-hmm. that story here where I watched that guy carrying his luggage. And I watched him and I see his kids. They were it was like they hadn't seen him in years. I didn't know. I was just people watching at the airport. They were jumping up and down in his feet and they're grabbing his legs and that you would want anyone to be that happy to see you anywhere at any point in your life. And this guy's holding his bags up because he doesn't want to hit the kids in the head with his bags. He's holding his bags up while they're loving them and love daddy, daddy's home. And he's, he's, he loves them, but he can't pick them up. In order to pick them up, in order to receive the thing that is at his feet, loving him and ready to adore him and, 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 and give him all the love and attention in the world, in order for him to experience that, he had to first put down the baggage from his journey. What baggage are you holding from your journey that's preventing you from picking up all the love, all the attention, all of the things right at your feet now. You might be like those people I was telling you about, holding the baggage from a journey you took a decade ago. A decade ago, and you're still holding that baggage and everything that loves you and the potential for unforgettable times is at your feet and you can't pick it up because you're already holding something that's only hurting you. You take one day in a lifetime, one week in a lifetime, and you let it define the entire lifetime? Not me. And I hope none of you. We're at a point in our time where we can recognize, I don't have the power over other people, but I have the power over the power over what other people have over me. I don't control what you do. I don't control the weather. I don't control these things. I don't control a a pandemic hits the the earth. I don't control who cheats on who. I don't control who's rude or not. I don't control what your politics are. I don't control any of that. But I 100% control the labels I place on that. I 100% control the impact it has on me. But what if it's your family, Steve? But what if it's a dis? Blah, blah, blah. Here come all the here come all the reasons why we keep ourselves in psychological prisons. I didn't say it's easy. I said it's simple. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's not easy. But it doesn't mean it's not true. You still control that too. What happens when it's family, Steve? Well, then it's a tough one. But you still control it. Mm-hmm. I've done it. At some point in your life, Steph, you end up, this is a, a side note, but slightly related. At some point in your life, you end up surrounded, you know, when, when, you're, when you love yourself and you select and nurture an environment conducive to your growth and in which you're conducive to their growth, you end up with a family that you're not related to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The related to family, <laughs> sometimes that is a tough one. Oftentimes that's a tough one. 
but not as tough as laying there on your deathbed wishing you had done that shit 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I met plenty of those too. Jeez. So in letting go, it isn't, you know how, and I know we're coming up in our hour, just let me finish one minute, folks. In, in letting go, there's a certain human dynamic. Remember last episode, I really kind of gave the ins and outs of influence and, and mind fuckery? Mm-hmm. There's another thing that we know, too, and believe me, I'm doing a whole show on that that's going to piss off everybody who's in that industry. <laughs> um, there's another aspect to that that we know that there's 8 billion people in the world and they're all doing one of two things. They're either running to something or running from something. So you can fish that out of them pretty easily. How come, how come uh, you're dieting? I'm just sick of being fat. They're running from it. Mm-hmm. How come you're dieting? I just want to be healthier. They're running to something. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. People are either running from or running to. That's why you'll see that in commercials. They try to scare the shit out of people running from, Mm -hmm. and they try to inspire the people running to. They'll put it in the same commercial. And you'll talk to a person, hey, what'd you like about that commercial? You know, I didn't realize that heart disease was this and this. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a running from person. You know, it was just really cool to see that person pick up their kid and run. Oh, you're a running to person. (laughs) And so that's another way they mind fuck you that you don't realize. Yeah. Because those are two types of people. And so... When we talk about letting go, we have to embrace those two aspects. Because letting go keeps you from running from, but the the other aspect of letting go, the other aspect of releasing yourself from those luggage burdens of your travels, the the thing of, of clearing out those Monica closets in our emotional and psychological lives is that it is in order to embrace the new. You have to let go. In order to have that new you, this is the new me, why doesn't that shit ever work? Because you never psychologically buried and had a funeral for the old you. So you could say new me all you want, but you didn't do anything to the old you. (laughs) And so letting go and having that emotional, psychological, metaphorical funeral for past events, for past relationships, for past versions of yourself, that is necessary to have a rebirth, to have a new day, a new you, go kick today's ass, all those things that I write, unass the couch, all of those things cannot happen. Until you let go and bury the shit that's weighing you down. Letting go is about starting fresh. You cannot start fresh unless you let go. And the only way to let go is to dive into that shit and relabel it. And sometimes the label still says, I don't know why they did it. I don't think I'll ever decipher why they did it. Maybe they did it because who gives a shit? They did it because, what are you, the asshole whisperer? (laughs) 
Are you the narcissist whisperer? No. Are you the sociopath whisperer? No. Is that your next show? And coming up next on TLC, <laughs> the sociopath whisperer. That's not a show. It's never going to be a show. And if it is a show, you're not at. You're not it. So who gives a shit? They made it, did it because they're an asshole. I don't know. That sounds like a their problem. Not my problem. It sounds like a whoever's with them now problem. Not my problem. My problem is why am I still letting that they do this shit bother me? And so you have to recognize that and say, wait a second. Let me have a funeral for this. Let me roll around in it one last time. Take the good about it, about myself, what I learned, and bury the bad. So something new can be born. With all the good ingredients, none of the bad. Badass, unapologetic, unbullshitified you ready to take life's equations and the truth that you get to spend each day moving, sometimes huge steps, sometimes little steps, sometimes little baby steps in the direction of what makes you happy, what empowers, inspires you, the people around you, and more in accordance with bringing your dreams, your life, your goal to life. That's being alive. That's letting go. That's starting fresh. And this is Unbullshitified Living. I hope you all enjoyed this this chat. Uh, let's do it again on Wednesday. <laughs> let's do and it. And thank you again for everyone who was sending um, comments about letting go and on those posts. Keep doing that. Your, your supporter um, messages come to the top. So it's so easy. I have thousands of messages that I'm like uh, hundreds that I'm behind for yeah. sure. Um, but the supporter ones come right to the top. So, um, yeah, I, I'm able to answer those. Sometimes I answer with emojis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get a voice memo. Sometimes you get text, whatever it is. I see them and I'm, I'm grateful. Let's keep at this. We'll keep growing this. We have some great ideas for uh, additional shows. So uh, this is only going to grow. Once it starts growing, this has been our test group. So once it starts growing, you'll see me advertise it some more. If people are like, hey, what's this about? If you want to chime in and be like, hey, it's good. Yeah, it's awesome. Enjoy for the price of a cup of coffee. Um, and uh, and we'll continue to grow it. And we'll we'll change the, the angle as far as letting people know. I've been kind of quiet about it mm -hmm. only because I really love this group. And I really want to get the feel for what we're doing and how we can expand on it. Um, and so I'm loving that. I love all of you. I hope you have an amazing day. Use this day wisely and just know that wherever you are in the world, this New Yorker is cheering you on. Catch you next time.